Welcome to Nintendo Voice Chat, IGN's Nintendo podcast. My name is Philip Mewson, and today I'm joined by Pear Schneider. What's up, Philip? Andrew Goldfarb. Hello. And Ryan McCaffrey. Walking the live tightrope right now. I'm <laughs> impressed with you guys. Yeah. Welcome back, everyone. We are live officially on IGN.com every Thursday from now on at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern. So thank you very much, everyone in the chat, for joining us today. Whew, we got an exciting episode today. We've got two uh, new faces to NVC. Yes, and we've the got variety kid. And the <laughs> yes, we have Lavo. I know. I'm super excited. I wanted to like save it, let it build up a little bit, but I mean, it's right here. We have Lavo. We've got the variety kits and Ooh. the robot kit. Very, very excited to dive into this um, a little later myself, but I did want to share the unboxing moment with you guys. So that's exactly what we're going to do. We're going to unbox the variety kit, possibly do a, like a little speed run. I want to set a world record speed run today live on It'll NBC be broken tomorrow. And, yeah. see, and see if we can actually build uh, you know, the RC car as fast as we can. They say Ooh. it takes only 10 minutes. I think we can get it in under five. I'm, I'm very excited for this. I want you to do it. This. I also want you to do it while dressed as the robot. That would actually. Oh, you're going to do it. Helpful. Oh, oh no. Yeah, you <laughs> were doing it. Yeah, you and right. Ryan. Yep. Uh, Doesn't end well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've also got some Pokemon Go stuff to talk about, um, as well as Dark Souls Remastered is in the news again, which is usually a good thing, but this time not so much. Um, Nintendo has been hinting at new hardware and filing patents yet again, so we're going to definitely run over that stuff. And we've got Sega news to talk about as well that's also switch related but before we get into all of that good stuff we need to unbox this lab i can't wait anymore i need to get this variety kit open right away so here we go okay so i'm gonna sing a little song while you do that can you please yes you need me to move yeah, yeah, the jeopardy music. take the laptop the, the grand unboxing song of i try and do this all right where are we strategically set this, set this one aside yeah you for, can put that one down now. yeah i'm gonna move your switch so you don't knock it off somehow all right so i did cheat a little bit i peeked inside but i left the majority of the unboxing uh to happen live here. So I did cut the tape earlier, but here we go. Did so you practice unboxing with a giant microphone in front of you? <laughs> No, I did not. This, this is, is how we do it at home, too. But before I open it up, I just want to say this is so heavy. This is box it? is crazy. It's like, whoa. Right. And it's essentially just cardboard inside, you know, and the, car it, the box itself is Is it fair to say this might be the, the weightiest non collector's edition release of a game since Rock Band? Yeah. Yeah, 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 it's you yeah. know what I mean. Yeah, right? ex exactly. I mean, this is we've never seen anything like this before. So I'm also the most biodegradable ever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's the yeah. greenest. All right, so here we go. In a thousand years, it will not be there anymore. <laughs> Limited there's edition. A, there's a good look right here. As soon as you crack it open, we've got the game case sitting right here. Uh, by the way, I'm so happy there's an actual box in it. Yeah, I don't yeah. know why. Like, I just hate having just a tiny little just a cartridge. Yeah, fly around. So, yeah, yeah. Exactly. There you go. I took the game out. What the? I had to get it ready. <laughs> <laughs> they gypped us. Um, but yeah, so then you remove these two pieces right here, which just kind of has some fun designs uh, showing off the instructions of, you know, telling you to put the game cartridge in the Switch. And then once you get all that stuff out of the way. Ooh, this is, this is filler cardboard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Cut they, your own extra pieces. They, they did say that they included extra cardboard for uh, ToyCon Garage experimentation. So maybe that's it. Yeah. Um, and then right here as well, we've got some stuff for the uh, fishing rod as well as the light strips that work with the Joy-Con IR sensor. So that should be cool once we get that set up. And then everything after that, all that's left in the box itself... Let me see if I can grab all of it at once because there's so many sheets in here. Again, this is the variety Whoa. kit. That it's, is a lot. Yeah, it's all cardboard. Jeez. Wow. There you see go. That, that really, <laughs> that really, like when you see something built, you, you always need think the of side one sheet. Shot. It's just yeah. so here. There you go. That's. There you go. It's like a giant's playing card deck. But, yeah, exactly. But um, as you alluded oh, to, like a couple episodes, pair each of the uh, cardboard uh, sheets have really cool designs on them that kind of go with what they are. Like this is the Toy Con Garage thing. Uh, this is the RC car right here, and the fishing rod. And they hide little uh, like little shark in the corner and all that. You know. Yeah. And the the um like the sticker marker stuff that's sold separately. That. Uh yeah. So there's like separate customization kits that you can get as well. Or. Um, you just buy stickers. Yeah, yeah same. or my markers. Kid has yeah. markers and stuff right? at home. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, there's no real like. I I don't think there's any like exclusive 
like customization kits yet with like Mario characters or right. Nintendo franchise characters on there. So you might as well just go to like Michael's just or your yeah. own craft store and or just throw on Master Chief and yeah. 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 Exactly. Why, why not? But um actually <laughs> here, warthog. let's leave uh let's take out the RC car piece right here and get it ready for you guys. Just oh, how no. on the side without a switch or do they have a switch? Oh no, we software? we have a switch. Yeah, separate the okay. we gotta separate the Joy-Con. Yeah, and I want to run you guys through and show you how the instructions work too. But nice um, sturdy cardboard. Yeah, we'll close the box back up and put it off to the side for now. But before I do, actually, I just want to show you, like, the box is beautiful itself. Can you zoom into the back right here? It gives you some really good ideas of how you can actually customize Labo. Like, right here, you can see the motorcycle handlebars are, like, literally... Like, they got a fire design right here, which is really cool. They had a graphic designer make that, like, spend hours making that. Hey, there's I a tennis racket mandolin right here as well. I think we'll see cool stuff on, so like, cool. deviant sure. art. Like people oh, I can't yeah. wait. Do this. I'm yeah, so I'm excited for this it. to be in the hands of, like, the public because yeah. there will be so many cool things created. Exactly. So I mean, here, that, that box, you're talking about how impressive it is. Like, there are going to be so many happy kids on holiday mornings come the fall. Where they're just where you get that nice because when you were a kid, the light usually the lighter the box, the more disappointing. Yeah, the bigger more is disappointed better. you are. Yeah, like the bigger and heavier it was, the cooler it was. Yeah, so that's gonna be great. Plus, yeah. they're gonna. I mean, this is the beginning, right? Like, I really hope we see so many kits, and like, I, I do really hope they get some of that well, Nintendo stuff in, one, get like Samus's ship and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. the one um, when I showed the reveal video from, I guess, gosh, what is it, January now? Mm -hmm. To my daughter, I, I showed it to her just. No context. Hey, take a look at this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She watched it and she was super excited about it. And I said, Well, which ones do you want to build? So the piano and the bird. So is the but the bird right. that's not out yet. So right? in the reveal yeah. trailer, they showed off, I think it was eight um toy cons that just don't exist yet, essentially. Okay. Yeah. And there was a bird. There was also like a, a some sort of a gun. Um, there was also a kick drum that looked like it belonged to a right. bigger set, like maybe yep. some sort of musical set. So I think that those are, those are some toy cons that we'll see maybe in Variety Kit Two. Uh, maybe we'll get an announcement at E3. You know, I'm expecting to, like this is definitely the first wave of could, Labo stuff. Yeah, I could definitely see that Kit Two, maybe with the bird and some of these other things. Yeah, out in like the early fall as to help sort of give it an extra push for the holidays. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, hopefully, but, um, before we jump into any more Labo discussion, I want to ask the chat real quick, who here is excited about Labo? In fact, let's get a poll started for that. Um, if you can, Andres, uh, create a poll and let me know, uh, if you're interested in Labo and if you are, are you going to be picking up the variety kits or the robot kit? So. I think this is going to be a pretty one-sided vote right here. Oh yeah. You think yeah. all variety? Yeah. 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 Just because, you know, it's building one thing versus getting to build a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And the it's, robot kit, I, I mean, having played with all of these um, and having seen my kids uh, engage with all of them, I feel like the robot kit definitely skews the youngest mm -hmm. because it's got that old kind of like, we get off get off the couch and like you know move move your body kind of approach to it like you you have to crouch down in order for the robot to transform into a car and all that stuff and so i don't know how many uh 20 30 or 40 year olds will do that <laughs> yeah gold farm will yeah, I, I number one <laughs> i probably will number two i i think i agree about variety kit being the way i would lean though only because it feels like you get more bang for your buck like it really does feel like there's so much more to it but mm -hmm. The, the robot backpack has just amazing stuff in it. It's it just does, like yeah. the, the way everything works is so cool to see, whereas the, the variety kit, you know, the piano may be the most interesting one kind of structurally or the fishing rod, mm -hmm. like yeah. the way it works. But the robot kit just has like crazy strings and things. And There's a lot of small pieces to the robot kit, it seems like, especially with it's very like light strip heavy. So you're, um, you know, you're going to be working on that one the longest, I'd say. Uh, I think they say it takes about six hours in total. Together, yeah. Wow. So I've got a very long weekend ahead of me. I'm I'm actually doing the Labo review, yeah. So it should be very, very interesting doing that because it's pretty much unlike anything we've ever uh, dealt with before, right? Because much, you know, there's still that yep. debate of like, is this a game? Is this an edutainment toy? Something that I've noticed too. I check Nintendo's website like very often, obviously, like every day. Um, and under their coming soon uh, games list, Labo is suspiciously missing. Yep. So I'm wondering, like, does Nintendo even consider this? This a game or something sort of that lives in between I, hardware I don't think and it's video a game. game. Yeah, I don't it's think it's, it's almost a game. more like a platform. It, it's a honestly. toy. I yeah. think it's absolutely just a, it's a, it's a toy, mm -hmm. uh, and that's there's nothing wrong with that. Nintendo's a toy company. 
I feel like you could easily build this around whatever the successor to Switch is too. Like there's no reason why Labo can't continue or even couldn't have begun in the Wii U era necessarily. Yeah. You know, yeah. like I think it's like the software is a really cool integration idea, but like, yeah, that physical idea of number one, I love the idea of like that family activity of spending several hours building this thing and then playing with it. Like that reminds me of building like Lego sets with my dad when I was a kid. Absolutely. Yeah. The stuff I'm excited about, you, you mentioned that Nintendo is a toy maker, right? They go back to the early days of making playing cards and all of that. I'm s I'd be so excited if they went back to like the love tester or the little grabby hand <laughs> and like made those out of cardboard with kind of like with little history lessons around the company would be really cool that'd be awesome yeah I'll see love I mean tester I de- cut <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean like even like I was saying before the back of the box just gives you great ideas for how you can create your own toy cons like they have examples with like how to make fun uh, domino sets that trigger like a reward screen on the screen once all the dominoes are complete so there's a lot of games that kids could really create for themselves within in this and I think it has a lot of potential to grow. Um, but before we move forward, let's get started on that speed run. What do you guys say, huh? I'm ready. I'm, so, I'm absolutely not ready, but let's do it. Where are the instructions? <laughs> All right, so the instructions are in the Switch. It doesn't oh, come with any. Yeah, yeah. There, there's no paper instructions, which I don't know yet how I feel about that. Yeah, I that's kinda, like how Lego Dimensions did it. Like you had to do, you had to follow along like by playing the game, basically. I wonder right. if that's just so that they could make revisions. Yeah. Well, actually, you gotta, I think you got to lock the software before. So try try it out because the instructions yeah. you can yeah, you can rotate the constructions, which is really cool. When are we starting the clock? Like as soon as I start punching things out, or um, we'll start it as soon as the yeah, as soon as you start punching out. Okay, we'll start the clock. Oh so, wow! Did you go to the right one? I might have gone to the piano. piano. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, you can go back yeah. right away. And maybe kill the volume too, because I'm sure. Yep. Yeah, very. Have you used I'm the, sure uh, our, our entire production staff loves that. Have you used the Switch before? <laughs> yeah, geez, what is happening? To <laughs> you me? heard of this thing? Yes. Why does everybody? So everybody here owns a Switch too at home. You can right? use the touch screen. Yeah, there, yeah, there, there, there you there, go. There, yeah. it, it, it like does it's doing this weird shuffling thing. I don't know what's happening. All right. You can't edit your out your incompetence. I know. I know. Here, let me let me let me get you started. Dad, help! <laughs> All right. Let's see here. All right. So just so you guys can see what I'm what I'm doing here on the Switch's screen. It is doing something a little... Yeah, it's doing like this weird shuffle thing. Here, let me get out of the... Uh... Is there a there stuck button or something? Or No, I think it was just stuck in this like tutorial mode. Here we go. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. All right, so this is the RC car. Attract mode. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so as soon as you guys start punching, we'll go ahead and start the clock. So let me know when you're ready. Oh, my God. Well, we should look at the instructions just... first. Yeah. So, uh... We go forward first. Yeah. And you can use the touchscreen, too, for... Uh... For it's going, forward it's stuff. Going too fast. It's going he did too the fast. Fa- he yeah, does no, the fast forward. Don't press so. the buttons. Use the use the touch screen. Oh, okay, okay. And in case you're wondering, it does work when it's docked as well. So you can, you know, dock your switch and use your oh, controllers to navigate on the through. TV. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I see you hold it down when it says back and, and forward. And you can actually okay. you can drag pull. It. Yeah. You can pull on it. Mm-hmm. Mm, cool. Yeah. There okay, you cool. go. All right. So First step is going to be this. So if you if you haven't noticed, both of both Andrew and Ryan have never done this. Yeah, I haven't done this at all. Yeah, Yeah, they're complete newbies. Later, and uh, as a reminder, it says that the RC car takes ten minutes to put together. I think that they can do it under five. Two, it's not looking good. I was just going to say, based on my competence so far, now that's probably Andrew. Do this, like when you hold that little button, drag Mm. it to the right. Yeah, and we'll you see that it stretches. Oh, yeah, cool. it's got a really cool interface. Sorry, we don't have a feed uh, feed off that right, for punch you. Punch it out, fold, fold it, the tabs, do the folding. Doesn't seem that bad. So if it, you guys want to officially it's... start, I suggest one person starts popping the pieces out. Ooh, uh, and, uh, oh yeah, I can pop out pieces. I'm just going to be honest. I, I have a lot less faith in myself than I do in you. So <laughs> let me do the grunt work while you oh, do the building. Okay, on the brain for the <laughs> yeah, operation. Yeah, exactly. Oh, All right. Great. Are you guys ready with the clock in the back? All right, we're going to get the clock going now. It's a five-minute oh 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 All right. What are we going to talk about while they do that? So, yes, uh, there are some questions or some comments coming up in the chat. I saw one really good one here from Anish Bushka. Anish says, I'm a high school teacher, and I plan to keep my Labo in, in my classroom. Then I can store it away for, uh, from home and have another way to shoehorn video games into lessons. Now, this, I think, is a perfect example of how Labo can be used um, to, as an edutainment toy. I, I totally think it belongs in schools. A lot of schools, and, and my, my, my 
local high school as well are adding um, programming to the curriculum. Oh wow! And uh, some even have done game design. The my, the the school up in Marin where my kids go, uh, 2K Games actually organized a uh, a game programming session. Like they really? have this this course program, like a one time thing. Uh, before they add something like that to the curriculum, and I, I think these types of kits will be really, um, really interesting, just for the the kind of the simple scratch-like interface that you have once you customize stuff in the Toycon Toycon Garage. So, right. Yeah. Like, obviously, for younger kids, building stuff is really cool. But then I think older uh, older kids will will really dig the programming options with it. Yeah, I think it's awesome. Be, yeah, be great to see more teachers actually use that. Yeah, I think it's a great way um, to get kids just involved in coding in general. Um, if you if you're like aware of things like Khan Academy, they have a great coding program too that's free, um, as well as Code Academy just in general. Uh, it's very similar. Like that's what Toycon Garage kind sort of reminds me of, but it gives you the tools to really uh, work hands on and and see your codes uh, have some sort of an impact in the virtual world right away, which yeah. is really cool. The only barrier to entry for schools is that you do need the switch, right? So that's the thing. But uh, there are a lot of schools out there who aren't afraid to supply every student with an iPad or ask parents for money. That's true. Yes, <laughs> of course. So I mean, I, I definitely wouldn't su- be surprised if we saw this um, being picked up within schools in the next year or so. Um, especially the Toy-Con Garage aspect of it. Oh, uh, I, I hope it does. The leftover skeleton. Oh, man. You guys Oh, you guys are doing both RC cars, huh? I guess. Okay, yeah. There are two <laughs> RC cars in there. But, uh, yeah, feel free to go wild. Uh, only build one. Yeah. Because it is going to eat into your time. Uh, I haven't We've, gotten to that piece There are yet, two minutes sure. in. Uh, there's three minutes left on the clock. So, let's see. You guys... Is it gonna make? Are you gonna? We make have it? like a burp, 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 burp Just time be- ready. Oh no, we don't. I wish we did. Yeah, there, there we go. go. Perfect. There's our chime. Yeah. Um, just be, just feel lucky that I'm not asking you to decorate it and add pizzazz and glitter yeah. <laughs> at the end of it. So the, the two, the two sets are slightly different, right? One actually has kind of colored print on it, and the right. other one is like just completely barren. Yeah. Uh, on purpose, so okay. that is the one. I appreciate that you saying that because that helps me separate them. Yeah. That, right. Well, so people really. will be able to customize those, the, the one set, much more than the other one. Yeah. I think that's really thoughtful. Yeah. Like, I don't think it's a cost-cutting measure that they didn't print on one of the sets. I think they deliberately did that. And that is the only Toy-Con that um, does come with two uh, or two It says the RC car is done. Yeah. Is it done? Oh, let's move on to the antenna. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you guys got to build the antenna. That's right. Without the antenna, it will not work. Oh, that's it. You're almost done. You just got to put on the switch. Slide the controllers off. Yeah. Of the, of That's the it. The antenna is done. Yep. <laughs> okay. And slide it on there, Attaching and you should be good joy- to go. All right. So put it on. Uh, or is it that that goes on the screen? Come on, a little more urgency. Where's this the, is the world? Oh, world you mean the screen? Right. Not the the screen I'm literally <laughs> staring at. So I have to pop the Joy-Cons off. I mean, they've they've yes. almost got it. Them as motors. If you guys yes. can do it in the next twenty seconds, it's not gonna happen <laughs> quickly. So do you see the that little ears on the, oh, on the RC of, car? Oh, I see, I see. Yeah. Yeah, and the, the Joy-Con go on the side of the little thing. Do you see it has the little slide-on thingies? Yeah, there you go. Okay, these are on. Very nice. you got to put the right one on the right side so it can actually see. I think, yeah, I've got yeah. it correct here. Oh, you did it. Come on. Is it done? Yeah, it counts as done. It's the sort of, I don't know if that's quite right. It's like, we'll it fi- feels loose, right? We'll yeah. fix it for you. Yeah, it's okay. You might need some minor adjustments, but I I will take that. I will take That's that. Beautiful. That's time at one fifteen. So turn it on. Let's. Uh... So three minutes and forty five seconds. I I mean that's got to be a world record at least for today, <laughs> right? It's a world record for a device that has not been released. Yes, yeah. the unreleased device. Right, folks watching, record. time yourself next time when when you get to be a lot kid. Time that, yourself. The sad thing is that was with two people. I'm sure we're gonna get decimated by like a, a single person. Like one. I think you can build it in under a minute. <laughs> yeah. If you don't, I generally it's so funny. I did not expect it to be touch controls. Like I'm so used to the tactile, like using the Joy Cons, it didn't even occur to me it would be a touch based thing. Yeah, I like how they made it fun too. Like you can pull on the instructions. Yeah, it's forward and stuff. Yeah, it's a. It's not a janky system. I mean, everything mm. is rendered in 3D. Right. And then you talked about there being two kits on this one. Um, some of the other sets have spare parts. Mm-hmm. So like the fishing rod, there's a little clicky mechanism inside when you turn the spool. Oh, and so they right. have a, a spare clicky me- mechanism in case it wears out. If you're going fishing crazy, <laughs> you know, like the su- f- super user. like I mean, that's are. such a Nintendo thing to do, right? Because yep. you think about like on on 
any system when like, it starts to wear down, like you're just probably out of luck. Like it's very hard to buy replacement parts. Pear, could you do me a favor? Um, Sam uh, from IGN here, uh, he's our managing editor. He would like to know how does it taste. So, Pear, do you want to go ahead and give the cardboard a lick just to see if it's got any sort of child repellent on it, and or does it taste like cardboard? No, no, no flavor. Normal. Sorry. Okay, yeah, there you I go. I gave it the Jessica Tobot <laughs> test, and nothing happened. Yes, yeah. it looks like it is safe. So, yeah, I mean, you st- definitely still don't want to eat cardboard. Okay. Look at it go! I know it's crazy. <laughs> can you see the uh, on the display? It can see, right? It goes uh, very yeah, fast. Yeah, there's like a. Uh, it's just not going to pick up on the camera, I don't think. But there's this little. So tap on that screen, and it'll switch to predator vision. So now you Whoa. have like what looks like heat vision. So oh, if you do, you see the hand on it? Yeah, there's his hand. That is so weird. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> So what it, you know, that's the whole secret be, secret behind Labo is uh, the little reflective strips that are in the packaging. So it'll see those, like those reflective strips stand apart from everything. Right. That's how the piano works. That's how the robot kit works. That's really cool. So, yeah. So who knew, uh, yeah, you guys didn't, didn't attach those, right? Um, who knew they would <laughs> use the IR sensor, like, for it to literally see, right? And, and that's what I love. Like, it feels like they, they thought this through even at, like, a product level from the beginning. <laughs> So there's um, there's uh, um, modes that you can play with as well. They're like little uh, challenges and yeah. things that they build into this one. But this one is definitely, wouldn't you say, this is the simplest and the, yeah. the jankiest of all of them? Yeah, absolutely. Right? I mean, this one is very easy to put together. And don't don't be deceived by how easy this one is to put together because the others get far more complicated. I mean, even when you just go to <laughs> something like the uh, like the fishing rod, uh, it's got a lot more smaller parts and mechanisms. There's rubber bands involved. Um, but the RC car, it, it's definitely the entry point into Labo, and it gives you a really good idea of how it works. Um, and it's cool, too, because, like, yes, this is the stock RC Labo car, but you can add your own attachments to it. I mean, you, they've shown off in the Labo trailers, like, two RC cars battling it out, one of them with, like, a, you know, beetle horns on there or something like that, the other one with, like, a construction scooper. <laughs> So, like, you can make your own little attachments. When this flap sticks up, that says it's not right. (laughs) (laughs) We were on the clock. That's why it's all bendy and weird. You guys didn't put the flap in. Yeah. Also, I haven't heard a word anyone said for, like, the last three minutes. I've been buzzing this (laughs) thing around the table. So, the the buzzing thing, I mean, obviously, you can hear the Joy-Con rumble on this. Yeah. And it uses the two rumbles for directions. Uh, The piano uses the rumbling to make music. That's so cool. So, the speed of the rumble determines the pitch. Or, you know, obviously music comes out of the speakers as well. It really is fun watching it in person, finally, having watched all the videos from those New York and San Francisco events. Like, man, I think this thing is so cool, and I really can't wait to see what they do with it. <laughs> yes. It'll be sentient, and it'll kill us all. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. Uh, I do have results for the poll, uh, if, you, if you guys are wondering. Uh, so the variety kit got 49% of the vote, meaning 49% of our audience is interested in picking up the variety kit. And then I think... Uh, second place went to the robot kit, and third place went to I'm not getting Labo. So it seems like there is quite a bit of interest uh, in people wanting to get Labo, or at least see what it's all about. Do so. you think the initial reaction where people said like "Nice job, charging seventy bucks for cardboard"? Do you think that has died down, or do you think there's just kind of like the people who feel that way have moved on? I think the people who feel that way have probably moved on. Yeah. There seems to be like a lot of uh, now hesitation to talk crap about Labo, um, like on. Despite how it initially the initial reaction was, a lot of people made jokes. But now that they're actually seeing the truth behind what it is and how it actually works, um, it seems to have died down. And I think people are starting to re- sort of respect the idea and Nintendo's approach as to how yeah. we can think differently about video games. You these have days. to hate fun so much know, to make fun of something of the, like that. that meme, they're like, just like, shh, let people enjoy things. Exactly. <laughs> like it's just like I don't know. Like it, especially, it's so funny watching this like juxtaposed with God of War, which is like the most violent, crazy thing this weekend. Like right. as opposed to just pure childlike wonder in something like this like yeah. i don't know watching even just watching like that ir camera picking up what's around it i think is really really cool and i think hopefully when people see that in motion and see children playing with it they can at least understand a little bit more of the the base level of this but for me what's impressive about it is the potential because yeah. i do think that down the road they can leverage this tech into something really really cool and maybe start doing maybe it is for older kids or even for adults after a certain point and they can be much more sophisticated yeah uh, but even even just this even watching this crawl along the table that's just so smart. It's so Nintendo. Yeah. So really on is. the on the menu here, there's mm-hmm. uh, there's a series. There's sort of an order to the uh, projects: RC car, fishing, uh, aquarium, house, circuit. Is that sort of 
the order in which, like, the complexity? I think so. Piano and uh, piano is the most complex. Yeah, and and that studio, which looks like oh, it's the piano with the 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 switch screen mounted on it, is at the end. So yeah, Yeah. I think that one right here. Yeah. that one is definitely the most complex one. Um, it, I, I believe it does go in order, which makes a lot of sense. And it also tells you how long each one should take uh, right there in minutes. And the, they vary. The so. fishing rod's really smart in that it's broken in, into components. They call them like baby bear, mama bear, papa bear, whatever. And like they're, <laughs> yeah. the, they're the parts of the fishing rod. And so they can be built separately. And then they all connect and it becomes this telescoping rod. Yeah. So like I, I think the the complete thing is pretty complex because it also has the ocean and like the string and everything. But I think they moved that one earlier just to give you kind of like move something that is more functional earlier because this this is still very simple compared to the fishing rod. Yeah, the fishing rod has tension. Like yeah. when you're fishing, it's like it's is is it's the, got line is the fishing software, the fishing game, any fun? Uh, it's very simple. It's yeah. very simple. Yeah. I had I had a good time while I was playing with it at the event. I haven't obviously had a chance to put it together and play with it here, um, but I do know that it's limited to only ten fish that you can catch, di- yeah. ten different variants. Okay. But you can also create your own custom fish. Oh. But, but so it, it has that it has that appeal of like that tactile feedback, the way it feels like right. kind of WarioWare, yeah. uh, Twisted, and mm-hmm. some of those games. Yeah. So it has that factor. Whereas the um, the motorbike, definitely the game is more involved. It has like more like it has like two different modes, and yeah, you can play it a little bit more. I'm excited. Like uh, having watched footage of those games, it's so different getting the tactile feeling of, of playing with them. I'm so excited to see what the the fishing rod feels like, and even winding it and hitting the piano keys and things like that. Just like getting that sort of sensation of like hitting a feeling something and hearing the noise it makes or, or mm-hmm. watching something happen, I think it'll be really fun and exciting. Yeah, exactly. I can't wait. Um, Mr. Anonymous in the chat says, I thought Labo was going to be stupid, but this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and then Tina, uh, our editorial games lead, uh, says, how does it compare to the robots that can build IKEA furniture, though? That's what she wants to know. Uh, she just moved here to San Francisco, so she's been dealing with a lot of IKEA furniture that's, building. That's the next release of Labo. It's yeah. actually IKEA furniture that that uh, you put the switch into and it that shuffles the chair around your house. Exactly. That's why I really appreciate the 3D instructions and that you can rotate the stuff because anybody who's built an IKEA closet knows that sometimes you just want to know where the hell you are and what the backside looks like. Yep. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm really excited to just delve even deeper into Labo, check out more of the toy cons, and really get my hands on the robot kit. Like, that is the big curiosity for me, is, like, how long is that really going to take to put together? How um, how stable is it, like, after I'm, you know, wh- wailing my arms around and feet around and stuff like that? And how much content is within each game? Like, those are my big questions that I still need to figure out. So, so. safe to say the review will, your review will hit IGN maybe early next week? Yeah, uh, early next week. Don't want to... Uh, put any promises out there right now, but keep an eye out for there or for it because it's going to be very big and it's going to be uh, different than anything we've ever done before. So uh, yeah, look forward to that. But we could talk about Labo. I think this entire episode, unfortunately, we can't because there's still a lot to talk about. Um, one of the main reasons I asked Andrew to come on the show is to shed some more light. <laughs> On Pokemon Go, I oh heard you, you're a Don't fan. Don't enable him. I can't believe I finally get to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> and that's all the time we have. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, no. So uh, obviously, Pokemon Go took the world by storm when it initially mm-hmm. released. I mean, it was the biggest game uh, in the world, and it. I mean, it had my mom playing, my dad playing, and that's like unheard of. They don't play video games, um, so. It's died down a little bit, the excitement. I know that there are still a lot of people who do play Pokemon Go. And I'm wondering, by the way, uh, who in the chat uh, is playing Pokemon Go? Like, who's, who's an avid Pokemon Go player? Let's get a poll created for that as well, if we can. Um, but I, I, want- I feel like even when we, we have to always caveat that, when we say it's dropped off, it still makes like half a billion dollars yeah. a year. It does. Just yeah. from microtransactions. It makes a million dollars a day still. <laughs> that day. is insane. All right, well, tell us, what's, what's your take on the current state of the game, Andrew? I think... Uh, so. Yeah, it's, it, it is not what it was, right? And I don't think it ever can be. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is still really active. And they finally... It's funny because now it does feel more like a game. I think when it came out, it felt like we were all just beta testers a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. I do think that almost two years in, they just added uh, quests, which are essentially like a story mode. And, and that's how you get Mew. This is actually my footage of catching Mew uh, that you're seeing on screen. Aww. And it's it, it really... Brag. It changes the way you play. <laughs> it's really cool having like... Um, you know, certain tasks. Uh, so there are main quests, which are how you get Mew. And then there are these uh, side quests, basically, called field research. 
that just give you little arbitrary things to go do. Um, one of them I got this week was just uh, spin three Pokestops you've never spun before, mm-hmm. which is a really simple thing. It had a simple reward, but that meant I had to leave my neighborhood. It meant I had to go explore, which is sort of the point of the game. So what it, What would a player who lives in a rural area like do with something like that? Would they have trouble getting past that quest? I think they would, but I do think that this is meant for rural players a little bit okay. because you can trash any quest you get. If it's something you can't complete, you can grab another one um, that's maybe simpler, like catch 10 Pokemon or whatever it is. Nice. And for every seven days that you do that, you get a research breakthrough, which means a legendary Pokemon. And so basically this means rural players can finally get legendaries, which previously you needed a raid of 20 people, which doesn't really happen outside of the city. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. That's really cool. Um, So... What do you think, like, I know I said earlier, and everyone knows, Pokemon Go, like, has was a, such a massive game at launch. What do you think it would take to make, like, to bring back some of that audience? Or, like, is it even possible for it to get um, as big as it was when it initially launched? Could it get back to that size? I don't think it can ever get that big. Uh, really anything? Yeah, exactly. It was like, humongous. I think maybe when their Harry Potter game comes out, it'll be a blip. But it, it, it can never be as big as it was. I, I think for Pokemon specifically, the one thing they could do... In the original trailer for this game, before it was even out, they showed PvP and they showed trading. Those are still not in the game. Yeah. I think trading will be big for current players, but it's not going to bring anyone back. Yeah. But I think PvP could. I think yeah. uh, PvP and putting it in the competitive circuit and putting it at Pokemon World Championships is probably the biggest hope it has of like getting a lot of attention again. I, I know how it can get as big how? as it was. And I'm actually being serious. Like when when In five years, when we get to the point where our phones can actually project like holographic <laughs> AR kind of things and they make the the actual AR version of this where it's like Pikachu you got to go catch him in like in the real world yeah that I could totally see a Pokemon Go 2 or 3, whatever well, it is. The yeah. projector feature. Have you seen, like, uh, HoloLens, like, Microsoft's yes. sort of example? Or, you yes. know, the examples of Pokemon Go running in AR through something like HoloLens? Like, that would be incredible. Obviously, yeah. we're a little ways away from something like that actually hitting the market. But that would that would be incredible. Yeah, and that's that feels like the next logical step, right? Because mm-hmm. right now you you see a Pokemon in the wild, you click on it, and then you can begin an AR thing. But when you're walking around the world, they aren't just there, you know. And I feel like yeah. Hololens actually probably is the closest thing I've ever done to like you really do have that incredible feeling of like something that's stationary and exists in the world around you. And that would be so cool to see with Pokemon. I think. Yep, yeah. absolutely. Um, you know, like a lot of a lot of this Pokemon Go talk kind of has me wondering. What do you think Pokemon Switch could take away from Pokemon Go, if anything? Do you think there are any sort of similarities or any sort of, um, I don't know, mechanics that Pokemon Go brought into the Pokemon gaming universe that we could bring over to Pokemon Switch that could maybe benefit from that? Um, I think that feeling of the community that this game has fostered, mm-hmm. uh, that idea of it, that that online component, if they were to make it not necessarily even MMO, but just being able to play with people. Because mm-hmm. Pokemon, as much as I love it and as much as meeting people and battling in real life has always been like an important part of that game for me, the actual game experience itself has always been a, a, a solitary thing. You yeah. know? And I, I do think that like if they did almost like that shared world or persistent idea that, that you're seeing more and more in games, like that would be pretty radical for that franchise. I think and I, I do think it would allow you to to kind of experience that world in, in a very different way yeah well the switch doesn't have GPS or forward-facing camera or anything like that so you know like Pokemon Go definitely is gonna remain this kind of mobile only experience right we're not yeah. gonna see that move across yeah um, although yeah. you had one good idea for we were just talking about this earlier about a really cool mechanic from the game that I think could work yeah yeah so before the show started recording um, I was talking with Andrew a little bit about some possible ideas that you know the Pokemon Switch could learn from Pokemon Go. And I thought it might be interesting. I really like how Pokemon Go lets you catch Pokemon with the touchscreen. You know, you're spinning the ball and then you flick it up to throw it and hopefully you do catch the Pokemon. Uh, What if Pokemon Switch adopted that same mechanic where uh, you're, you're fighting a Pokemon, you choose to, you know, try and catch it and then you see the Pokeball pop up and then you can you know, slide to throw it, and it you don't have to do it that way. Um, but if you do do it that way, maybe you're incentivized with additional candies or whatever rewards you might get, an item drop. Um, and that's if you're playing in handheld mode. But if you're playing in TV mode, you could use the same, it could be the same concept, but with motion controls, with Joy-Cons. So, like, instead of using your finger on the touchscreen, you're, like, sort of winding your Joy-Cons around and then literally throwing it like it's a Pokeball. I think that the would Joy-Con? be a fun, yeah, the, 
a joy. Well, you're not throwing the Joy-Con. <laughs> yeah, just, just throw obviously it the break your uh, break your TV. <laughs> or if you're me, the Pro controller because I love that controller and I was doing all the the, the twirls in in Odyssey oh, with it. Getting <laughs> yeah, getting the last few in Odyssey made me feel insane. Like because I yeah. played the whole game in handheld mode, but I would be like rotating the entire <laughs> yeah. thing. As long as they don't do dousing with the IR sensor where you're walking around your house going like, "Where are you, be good?" <laughs> I'm good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's great. Uh, let's see. The results are in for the Pokemon Go poll, and Andre's just told me eighty-three uh, percent of our audience is not playing Pokemon Go. Currently. <laughs> that's eighty-three percent. That's a pretty big number. Yeah, and I, th- I think that's what it is, right? I think the Pokemon main series fans that got into that game early on have, have basically abandoned it. Like, I, I think it's much more into that like mobile crowd and the people who play it as as more of like a an exercise app or who have a bunch of real world friends who play mm-hmm. it and and kids and things like that. Yeah, yeah. and me. When, when I'm uh, when I do see out, if I'm like riding BART, the subway, or whatever, there's, there's like, a look and a... I can tell when someone's <laughs> mm-hmm. playing the game, like, if they're doing this, or... It's like, I can say, oh, you're playing Pokemon Go. Yeah. It's, especially for raids now, it's really funny, too, because you have to, like, meet at a Starbucks, and, like, everyone's just tapping their phone. Yeah. Do you get their name and number for Andrew? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I, uh, the, the very, very last thing I'll say about it is just Pokemon Go Community Day is this thing they started doing, which is, uh, it's a three-hour event once a month. But uh, they add a new Pokemon that's shiny, and it makes something rare to spawn everywhere. Mm. And at least in San Francisco, it has been unbelievable. Like, it does feel like launch week. It's like literally thousands of people are out playing. And it's only a three-hour event, so it like, dies down pretty quick and goes back to normal. But, like, I feel like that must be fueling, like, 80% of the money Niantic is making from this right now. Because Probably, yeah. it is crazy how many people come out during that. Yeah, definitely. And every single time there's a significant update, I've noticed a lot of people pick it back up, if not just yeah. for a couple weeks to check out the update. I remember when they did release the Quest system, I actually went uh, to Arizona to visit my family, and I, I went for a walk around like our community lake over there, and everybody who was on that walk was playing Pokemon Go. It didn't matter how old they were, um, if they were, you know, men or women, they were just playing Pokemon Go. Like, so, like, that game is contagious. There's obviously a bug there, and um, I hope that they do implement, like, a battle system. That would be really great. Trades, just to keep that game going. It's fun. Yeah, next, yeah, sure. the next, the next big feature is is a Pokemon Lure, where it's a it's it's an in it's an in app dating service for yeah. for Pokemon Aww. Go. Who knows? Friends. Could happen. You could meet the you could meet the one of your dreams through Pokemon Go. It could um, happen. Could be. It's a Pokemon dating game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it could work. Um, all right. So moving forward from there, like I said earlier, Dark Souls is again in the news. And if you haven't heard already, um, I'm here to remind you that Dark Souls Remastered has been delayed for Switch. Uh, it's still coming out on, I believe it's May 24th or 25th? Uh, 25th, I think. 25th, yeah. that's right, on uh, PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Uh, but the Switch version has officially been pushed back to summer 2018. And this Ooh. was announced uh, during Bandai or through Bandai Namco's official Twitter account. I'm sorry, it was the Dark Souls official Twitter account. Uh, they said, due to the nature of causality, we must announce that the Nintendo Switch version of Dark Souls Remastered will be pushed back to summer of 2018. And with it, the release of the Solaire of, of Astora Amiibo. Um, so yeah, obviously yeah, the causality you, made it happen. Yeah, I, it, it just, <laughs> yeah. I, I do like, I obviously Thank you, Neil deGrasse this. Tyson for that <laughs> delay announcement. It, it's right. so weird, right? Like I, like we have done this a very long time. We see these delay announcements all the time. This is one of the weirdest I can ever remember. We're Japanese. Yeah. It's so vague and odd. And I, I love that they include the Amiibo as part of it in all of the, in the press release on every different Twitter account. They always make sure to mention it's the Amiibo too, which I Stop find really funny. Stop asking us about it. See, that's all <laughs> I care you. about. I'm just I, I'm I mean, so sad now. Maybe there's just something on switch specifically because we played this at pax like two weeks ago yeah it seemed fine it seemed completely fine i i didn't notice any major frame rate hiccups or anything like it it totally felt like dark souls in the go uh i do wonder if maybe late game there was something that they had to address and and maybe it caused them to kick it down the road a few weeks but like this game obviously was going into cert you know it's it's I mean, still coming out in other I'll, platforms I'll, I'll give a possible devil's advocate argument they may you know the summer is always pretty barren on all platforms mm-hmm. maybe they decided hey the switch crowd is very different from the ps4 xbox one crowd let's get our uh our publicity beat out of out of the ps4 and xbox one releases and then let's just double dip and get another wave of publicity 
and, and just maybe they're sitting on it for till on purpose till later in the summer. It's not out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, yeah I mean, true. I agree yeah. with that. It, it's I think it's possible. I think it would be weird to not put a date on it. I also think it's weird what it did to Switch's May because it made May pretty but not barren i mean there's still stuff coming there's still donkey kong and and uh hyrule warriors you but love that game so much don't you it, i love hyrule warriors <laughs> but no it's like it just felt like it was that was the marquee title for may and nintendo's had such a good cadence and and maybe right right maybe nintendo put pressure on ben and Amco to let donkey kong shine a little bit and and let hyrule shine a little bit but it gets them so much more competitive the further they go towards fall that i just wonder if this comes out in july how it'll do i don't know i, I think it's pretty clear what caused this delay it's uh, causality Oh, yeah. yeah. Clearly. That's a fair point. Yes, <laughs> yeah. of course. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's especially weird because they initially announced Dark Souls Remastered during Nintendo's January Direct. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like the game was showing off as like a Nintendo platform or, or as like a Nintendo game. Um, but then it's just just the Switch version gets the delay, you know, which sucks. But mm-hmm. obviously, like, you know, I'd rather have a delayed game that comes out, you know, looking great instead of, like, something that's coming out on the 25th and it's not, it's full and, of bugs and, you know, frame stutters, so. Yeah, and given that it's a re-release of, uh, of an existing game, it's not like the, you know, people who own both platforms, like or PS4 and an Xbox and a Switch, are sitting there saying, I can't wait. Like, I think, you know, the extra two months are not going to be too bad. Hopefully it doesn't slip farther into into fall. Yeah, that's what I worry about. I worry if there is something wrong, because I do think that's a plausible theory, but if it is that there's something wrong, it would be a shame if it slipped any further in summer. Yeah, And summer for our Australian viewers is, of course, the opposite. (laughs) Winter. Sorry. Uh, Well, in some more exciting news, actually, much more exciting than a delay, Um, Nintendo uh, is back in the news with some potential new hardware rumors, or at least that's what we heard from uh, Nintendo executive Takahashi um, at the BAFTA Awards earlier this week. So uh, Nintendo took home three different awards from the BAFTA Awards, which is great. And uh, they uh, I forgot what publication it was that stopped Takahashi to ask him a question. I think it might have been Forbes, Um, but they stopped. Him and they asked him, like, oh, how does it feel to win, like, you know, three awards for, you know, having such amazing games come out? And he just alluded to, oh, yeah, well, we're actually working on new hardware and uh, it's uh, really <laughs> exciting and we hope that you guys get to play it soon. So it just randomly, like, <laughs> fell out of his mouth. Um, and he also, like, hinted at potentially working on a new ra- Wave Race game and just a bunch of weird stuff. Yeah. Which you know, maybe he had uh, maybe a few drinks going on <laughs> yeah. before this. Uh... It sounds like it, yeah. It's 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 tough sometimes with these developer interviews to discern the hey it's actually a thing from oh yeah we'd love to do that right you know kind of like the not wanting to let a fan down either like yeah. I I love the Wave Race series sixty four one of my favorite games of all time and I love Blue Storm as well on the GameCube and I want to see it return and so if I looked at him with puppy dog eyes I'm sure you'd say don't worry <laughs> and fifty years later I'll get blue I'll get Wave Race four because yeah. remember there was the one with the with the boats. Well, the ironic thing, and the reason I bring this to your attention, is because in this very same week, uh, Nintendo filed a brand new patent that looks rather interesting. Now, I'm not saying that these are definitely related, but they could be, and I think it's definitely worth looking at right now. Uh, so this is these are actual images from the patent, um, and the way it works is it's essentially t- uh, wireless screens that seem like they're smaller than a Switch screen itself, and they can communicate within each other wirelessly. Um, so you can see there's some different examples right here. They're showing off how you can essentially play a bowling game uh, <laughs> off of you know two of these screens that are not connected. They're, it's not like a DS where it's a clamshell thing. They separately move... Uh, you know, within each other, and you can use up to. I think I've, uh, there's an image with like six or seven of them connected, doing different stuff. So, like, this is obviously something very strange it, to me. This looks like a completely new device, um, something that we haven't seen before. But at the same time, I do want to. You know, I'm. I, I do. I am aware that a lot of patents are filed uh, that, we, that ne- we never see the light of day of these things. This is yeah. If you're watching, this, this is my favorite. So it shows four screens connected with lots of uh, little ugly fingers swiping <laughs> yeah. across them. So it's like some weird toy concept where we where you link things together, like the remember the cube toy that oh yeah you, you can link up as well. I mean, it doesn't look like a successor to the 3DS no, when you see it no. like this. This looks like a toy exploration or one that is more focused on the technology may never actually become a standalone device. And, and that's, the, I mean, my thing with this entire quote and, and story is like, like, I think Nintendo is just obsessed with R&D. I think they're always doing yep. something. And, and they're especially a company in, in recent years, really, 
that loves to iterate, right? Yeah. It's like, obviously you saw the DS and the DS Lite and the DSi and the DSi XL and, and, and more and more and more they take an idea and they kind of perfect it over the course of a generation. Yeah. And I think Switch, I love, like I love my Switch so much, but I would be stunned if there isn't someone at Nintendo trying to think of a way of how to improve it or how to make mm-hmm. it more efficient or how to, to make new attachments for it. So like, I think the idea of them working on new hardware is exciting but not surprising, but the idea of people jumping to the conclusion that Switch is going to get replaced. It, no. yeah, come on. There, there will yeah. be an iteration. I mean, Xbox One X just came out. Yeah. Obviously, PS4 Pro moved on to the PS... Uh, was was the latest iteration there. Like, there will be a new iteration of the, the Switch, but I don't think it's this. Yeah. Interestingly, though, that patent, like, that could be a concept for, like, a... Like almost like a street pass where you get together with friends and you you put your switches next to each other too to do some collaborative stuff. Yeah, totally. I mean, look at this thing, right? And look at that that square. I know Nintendo march famously marches to the beat of their own drum, but with the absolute meteoric success of the Switch, uh, I would be shocked if the whatever the next hardware is isn't called the Super Switch. Yeah, like I've got to figure they're they're gonna they're not gonna walk. I mean, they they the Super they double down on Wii with Wii U. <laughs> I would be shocked if they if they walked away from yeah. the Switch branding whenever that time comes for the next hardware. Yeah, no, I think that they're going to ride uh, the Switch wave for a little while. Um, I think it's very likely that we'll see a Switch Pro, and I've I've commented before of what I'd like to see out of it. Just nothing major. Just you know, maybe a little bit more powerful. Definitely a higher resolution screen, and I want to see smaller bezels show up on the console. Like that's a that's a major thing for me too. That's what keeps you up at night. That's what keeps smaller me up. bezels. It's literally smaller. the only thing I care about. The bezels are too big. I, I want the exact Switch I have right now with better battery. I, you know, I, I don't think care, Nintendo cares enough about 4K for that to be no, a thing yeah. yet, but that's obviously a, a, a possible uh, step up as well, that it can at least do 4K display um, on the TV. That would yeah. be cool. No, for sure. Uh, Sonny Vagan in the chat says, the new har- hardware is called the Nintendo Switcheroo. Uh, that's a good name. I like that. We'll uh, make sure to let Nintendo know about that. Um, okay, so Nowhere Star 14 has a good question. He says, okay, question for the IGN panel. Why does Nintendo love using extra screens in things? Um, I mean, I think he's alluding to, like, even as far as back mm-hmm. as the the Game & Watch, for instance. Like, that had two screens in it. 2DS, yeah. Yeah, the, 2DS. And then, uh, well, the two screens of the DS and then the double setup. Yeah. Virtual Boy, one screen for each eye. <laughs> That's, ooh, nice one. <laughs> or two people can play at the same time with one eye. Uh, it's a differentiating factor. Like, you right. look at a, a, a DS, a 3DS, and it's, it's the only device that looks like that, you know? Mm-hmm. And with the Game & Watch, it was that kind of clamshell idea of like you have the screen that's protected and then when you fold it open you have a bigger play area i think that was that was pretty eye-catching when you saw it in a store yeah but with the ds it's definitely looks different from what everybody else has done and then this concept that um i remember i think it was in an interview that we did at one point where when when nintendo was playing with touch screens they said well you can't see the game when you've got your finger on it and so then they had the concept of making the bottom screen touch screen so you can see the game fully at the top so yeah you know some some cool ideas there, I think. No, yeah, yeah. I, I think they love. Uh, I mean, marching to beat their own drum is a good way to put it. But I, I think they love just rethinking. Like they don't take status quo and and just stick with it, right? Like right. they think about what are the drawbacks of current gaming and and what is a what does the experience <laughs> of a controller not give you, you know? And I think mm-hmm. they kind of push those limits and and think a little outside the box. And and sometimes it doesn't work. And and when it works, it works incredibly well. Totally. And so I think that something like two screens is just sort of a a differentiating factor, but also just like naturally the way people play games. I think stuff like their hands blocking it is a perfect example yeah. of, of they are thinking about the end user a little bit more than I think some of the other companies. I think maybe a good way of putting it is uh, like Elon Musk is big on first principles design. I think mm-hmm. in the console space, in the gaming space, Nintendo's probably adheres to that the closest. Of, Can you explain yeah. that, what that means? So just not thinking about things based on the way they've been and like, okay, well, this is how it's been, yeah. so we just have to figure out a better way to do this. But think like a clean sheet design. Like if mm-hmm. you were if you were starting a console over, like yeah. just forgetting any preconceived notion, what should a video game uh, heart piece of hardware be? What should a video game experience be? Yeah, in yeah. a car, it's like a car has a handbrake was kind of like what everybody followed, right? And then somebody said, no, you don't need a handbrake. When you press the pedal, then it's braked. 
right? yeah, and, and <laughs> voicemail remember voicemail it told you there was a voicemail and then you had to listen to it like yeah. the the notification like you didn't know who called you right it was possible to id callers before why didn't that happen it, it's yeah. really funny because video games are obviously and i've talked about this in podcasts a billion times but it's so obviously the the input and feedback loop right mm -hmm. and i think nintendo more than any company has probably had the most impact on that that input right on that yeah. idea of like how we control things right. but i really like them kind of experiment with the other side more and more of, of what we see and what we do and i think the other companies are so obsessed with the fidelity of that image, but it's still essentially the same thing it always has yeah. been. I think maybe with the exception of VR developers, Nintendo is are the only ones really pushing that idea of like, what else are we going to experience and, and how do we make it more immersive in different ways other than just being photoreal? Yeah, I think that's really special and, and you get stuff like this as a result. I, oh, yeah. I really appreciated the you know the the drive to do something different with the Wii U, but what that was an example where first principle didn't work and you know totally. where yeah. where it's like the 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 gain of what the machine could do was so limited. You literally couldn't walk away out of the room, right? Where where that design principle failed them. Um yeah. But yeah, I, I, dig, I dig that they always try to do something where when you look at it, it looks different from everything else on the market. And as long as they're doing it, they'll have a place in the market, right? Yeah, for Abs sure. Absolutely. Um, all right, so we're quickly running out of time here. But I do. we have one more topic to talk about before we start talking about some games. And I want to make sure we do talk about this because I think it's very important. Um, it, it is exciting that Sega Aegis is coming to Nintendo Switch, which was announced earlier this week during... Uh, Sega's press conference in Tokyo. Um, they announced that 15 of their classic titles under the name of Sega Ages will be making their way over to Switch this summer digitally, uh, exclusively on the eShop. Uh, and we know of three of those titles so far. It's Sonic the Hedgehog, which, of course, you can't, like, be Sega and not come out with a Sonic exactly. game. Yeah. Um, Thunder Force 4 and then the original Fantasy Star, uh, which is like the 2D old school retro one. So it's not... It's not like Sega Master System. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yep. yep. Um, so, you know, that's that's really exciting. Um, I'm really looking forward to hopefully the potential of Dreamcast games maybe making it their way down to Switch. But at the same time, I'm it has me a little worried about the future of virtual console. Yeah. Like, what does this mean for virtual console because we have the ACA games coming um you know for from Neo Geo like we have a ton of classic games we even have the arcade Nintendo arcade classics yeah, which right. have been selling like every week they're in the top 5 yep. exactly. and then the yeah. Mega Man collection and, yeah. and so many other things are coming i i mean my answer to that question is it makes me think virtual console is not happening at least not anytime soon no, not right. in the same setup where yeah. you get like content released every week and you download these classics in a special section right yeah i i don't think i want to make sure they will absolutely make classics available on the Switch. Like, there is going to be a way to play oh, it's, Super it's Mario World of, in the future. And they've announced already that yeah. their online service, you'll get exactly. that selection every every month and everything. But that same setup is not likely to exist. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure if, if, if like, our vision or what we wanted for Virtual Console on Switch to be, I'm not sure if that's even possible anymore um, because of the way that other third-party publishers have started to release their titles on Switch. Um, but before we get deeper into this conversation, I do want to ask the chat uh which retro classics do you guys want to see come to switch now that we know that sega is obviously going full force um what dreamcast games do you want to see what classic sega genesis sega master system games uh would you want to see or even just classic games in general doesn't yeah, have to be from sega shout one out by the way you know why sega ages is called sega ages why ages is backwards sega Whoa. Oh, mind blown. Yeah. <laughs> legitimately Once you know it, that. you can't unsee it. That's why it. you get the big buck. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, I mean, I don't know. Do you think it's possible that we still get a Netflix-style virtual console? Like, is that even something that Nintendo could bring into the pipeline um, at some point? Or wouldn't it compete against, you know, all these other classic titles that they've been releasing? I, I mean, in, in my opinion they need something a little bit like what Xbox has done with Game Pass or even what somebody did with yeah. PlayStation Now. Like having a, a even a, a renting style, you know, like because if you look at what you get with PlayStation Plus, um, you don't keep those games necessarily. Like if your subscription laps, it lapses, you don't have that game anymore. Right. Or for the on-demand thing like PlayStation Now, you are literally subscribing to be able to access that library every month. I think that's sort of the modern solution other companies have done mm -hmm. that maybe Nintendo does and maybe it is that Netflix style. I, you know, even in the days of, of Wii U and, and Wii and when Virtual Console was big, 
there were always games I wanted that weren't on there yet, you know, and they did this like drip feed. I think if they're going to finally do it, I would love for them to do all at once. But there's clearly a reason they haven't done that because right. they haven't done it in 10 years. So I, I don't necessarily have a lot of faith they're suddenly going to start now. I, I think stuff like the NES Classic and the SNES Classic seems to be the way they would prefer to get those games out. Yeah. You could do a virtual version of both of those machines, right, for the Switch. Oh, easily. As a, as a software package release. Yeah. So That would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, some of the uh, answers coming into the chat as to what classic titles they want to see come to Switch. I'm um, getting some good ones here. Sonic Adventure is a must. Mm. Love Sonic Adventure. Strong call. Yes. Yeah. Thanks, uh, Jackal. <laughs> uh, Nowhere Star 14 says Sonic Spinball. Do you guys remember Sonic Spinball? Is that like the yeah. Sonic Pinball game? Vaguely. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it was good. That was a good game. I yeah. don't think I do remember yeah. Sonic Spinball. Was yeah. that on? Was that on Sega? Or was I'm trying that to on... remember? I, I feel like that might have been. That was Genesis or Sega CD. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure, but yeah, good good call on uh, Sonic Spinball. Golden Sorry. Axe Collection. Uh, thank you, Sandman420, for saying it. Greg! Jet, yeah. <laughs> Jet Set Radio. Oh, I'm a huge Jet Set Radio fan. I would love to see that. I'm not a Golden Axe guy. I never understood the appeal no? of that game. No, it just felt so loose and weird. The, but the one, Jet Grind, I, I loved. Yeah, the one yeah. I would love to see that won't, for purely logistic reason, logistical reasons, would be Fantasy Star Online. Yes. Mm, yeah. Never happened. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> From the well, it's it, in Japan you can play it. Well, you yeah, can on play the Switch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can get yeah. it there. As Link. Yeah. yeah. There yeah. you go. You can I'd, play as Link. It was so good. We didn't we didn't get that in the West. Ooh, Sandman uh is is saying Power Stone. Power Stone would Ooh, be great. Power Stone yeah. would be great, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Great original fighting game concept that really hasn't been replicated that same way since, yeah. right? That kind of setup. It's so frantic. Man, I it's really like like that. Prototype yeah. Smash Brothers in a way. Yeah. 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 It reminded me a lot of that. Uh, Crazy Taxi would also be a very Ooh. good choice. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Still with the, only those two songs. Yeah. <laughs> we were actually playing Crazy Taxi on a Dreamcast like a month ago in the office. So, yeah. I mean, we, we would love to see that on Switch, too. So, yeah, there's a ton of titles um, that I think could make great uh, or would be great on Switch, uh, especially from Sega in general. So hopefully we do get to see that. Like I said, I'm still holding out for virtual console. I would love to see a Netflix style virtual console come to Switch. But I don't know. The future looks a little uh, little dark uh, <laughs> as far as classic titles and having to buy them individually go. Uh, but with that said, we do have to go and move over to our leading games. We only have five minutes left to talk about ooh, them. Ooh. So I'm going to just tell you guys real quick, our pick of the week this week is undoubtedly Nintendo Labo right here. Um, even though we, uh, I haven't gotten a chance to go all out and crazy with every detail of it, I can tell you right here that if you are at all interested in Nintendo Labo, um, it is definitely worth looking into. Um, it's probably the most exciting thing to come out this week in uh, for Nintendo, if not for the entire month or the next two months. So definitely, definitely check it out. Um, it looks very, very fun. But since we already talked about that for like 30 minutes, the first 30 <laughs> minutes of the show, let's move over to our skip of the week, which oh, no. we uh, we love doing that um, <laughs> every week. I know I've, I've seen some comments come out in the chat, like on YouTube in particular, where people are like, oh, you guys are being a little harsh, you know, like maybe you should think of a different name, skip of the week. And I felt that way originally. But um, how you mean? Some of these titles, I think, just straight up deserve <laughs> to be skipped. Uh, so our skip of this week, uh, this week is "Breaks Are for Losers," which actually comes out today. Uh, <laughs> so uh, "Breaks Are for Losers" uh, is four ninety nine on the Nintendo eShop, and I definitely think you guys need to save uh, your $5 on this one. It's actually brakes, like car brakes, right? I think we, we missed that. Yeah. yeah, I was exactly. wondering about yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. We, should, we should have some B-roll for it popping up. in It's, it's, spelled it's this a way top-time ra racer, so I haven't played <laughs> yeah. it yet. Like, I watched the footage, and it, I, I dug what I saw. Like, right. it looked cool, like eight-player versus. Well, that's the thing, is the concept of it, of it is actually really cool. Um, it seems like it would work well as a game, but there's so many small issues that I have with this game that it's just created... Um, it just makes it unplayable almost. For well, this me. is like uh, that, that ubiquitous coin-op arcade game from back in the day, the Tony Stewart's Off-Road mm. Racing. Yeah. Or is this top-down with like you know crazy physics? Yeah. Right. It's so it's it's, it's there, there are a couple games like this on on mobile and on on the Switch as well. So, but you just feel like control-wise, it's not there or what? Well, no. There's a, there's a couple different issues here. So control-wise, it's it's okay control-wise. Um, you know, obviously the game is called Breaks Are for Losers, so there's no breaks. There's no way to stop, which is fine that's a, that's a game mechanic uh turning feels a little weird i feel like uh it's obviously a little it's hard to be precise uh when you're playing this game especially as the tracks get 
uh, harder and harder. This is the very first track of the game, so it's almost like a tutorial. But the one of the biggest issues I have is you. it's so hard to tell who you actually are. <laughs> yeah. Like, if you guys are watching the B-roll right now, there's no names being displayed. Um, and halfway through this race, I just totally lost my car. I didn't know who I was. Like, all you can see is the positioning of each racer. Um, the color, yeah. Uh, and spoilers, I got last place. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, the only real indication of who, who you're playing as is you have to remember what car you picked, which, you know, is fine, but you lose them real quick, and there's so many <laughs> cars on the screen. Yeah. It is on the small screen. It's, it's obviously a, yeah. a real issue. Yeah. I don't know. I'm gonna, I'm, I, I'm, I hear you. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I still think I'm going to check it out just because I love those top-down racers. Yeah. But, like, eight, eight players is, like, a cool kind of show-off stat, but, like, seeing this going on, you're, like, especially with, like, the, did you see the wrench pickup, like, like boost like big right, and you yeah. can't see the cars behind it yeah um i can see how that would be a huge issue so philip brakes are for losers according to you is in fact for losers is in fact for losers <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately i mean like you know maybe they can update the game and fix some of those problems but until they do i just i almost feel like this game is unplayable um just because it's so confusing it's so hectic it's really hard to keep straight Whoa. um in your races and i really tried i mean i didn't just you know play this for like 15 minutes and put it down i i put a, like an hour into this game before i was like all right well i give up i can't do it anymore <laughs> all right no breaks um, for you yeah no breaks uh no breaks uh for you guys either i hope you don't pick it up uh because there are a lot of other games that came out this week that you should especially labo but um unfortunately we are all out of time this week so thank you very much for tuning in to our show we are live every week on ign.com every thursday at 3 p.m pacific 6 p.m eastern time so make sure you join the live show if you want to catch the episode a whole day early and hang out with us in the chat just like sandman 420 and uh necromancer doctor and hoot and yes, Sony Vaughn, Greg Atlas. Exactly. So thank you guys very much for joining us for that. Um, but if you do uh, want to stick to the regular upload time on Fridays, if you've been watching us on YouTube, uh, we are on YouTube as well every Friday. Um, I believe at 2.30 p.m. is when we upload there as well. So uh, thank you guys very much for watching this week, and we will see you next week. Get the thing. <laughs>